Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tom. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, brother? How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing well. Hey, so uh, so last week or a couple of days ago, we released a podcast with, with our friend, Nikki Lee. Um, and... Uh, we um we 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 have a much better understanding of what the PPP loans and what what all these grants and loans and these federals and these locals and the unemployment. At least I have a much better understanding about what all that means. So um if if you're still confused about that, definitely go back one episode and 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 give that a listen because it was it was mind boggling uh, clear. Dude, after that conversation, I was just I was much more at peace. I was much more calm in my spirit, mm-hmm. understanding uh that i'm gonna you know hopefully get it at the end <laughs> before i go back so i can collect unemployment up until that point <laughs> exactly that's exactly right so um so yeah so uh there's there's been a lot of questions about the ppp and about the unemployment and in, again in the last podcast uh nikki uh gave a lot of clarity to that um i i understand it much better because i i wasn't sure what the heck we we're gonna do but you know listen to that back so um we ran out of time and um it's actually funny the reason we brought nikki on the last podcast is because we wanted to ask her the question should we raise prices um during this COVID 19 thing and that was the whole purpose of the last podcast and we never got to that question after an hour of you know our mind being blown away by grant loans and and, and other stuff so uh, oh yeah we couldn't leave that right no, so exactly but, but right because i mean with the raising the prices you see uh, you know outside of our industry, like, you know, you see prices raised everywhere. Right. Right. But you know, you have this conversations like a tug of war, do do I, or don't I, do I, or don't I, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And everybody has an opinion. And uh, I'm really curious uh, what her thoughts are because I mean, she not only is as a coach and expert in our industry, uh, she does own uh, a salon, you know, she, she manages a lot of people and yeah. so she is definitely definitely an expert in, in the industry and so yeah. you know I, i'd say curious. so so today we uh we uh, uh her business partner iva uh, jumped on with us last time but we didn't give her a former introduction so she's going to definitely jump on with us today so i want to make sure that we do that so um uh they have a salon called the statements project and that's in that's in woodbridge virginia or northern virginia um for for us dmv people um so uh so yeah i mean i I think we just go ahead and get in what do you think yep introduce brother let's do it so uh coming all the way from the statements project in in northern virginia uh iva sampler and nikki lee welcome sam pillar Sam Pillar. Gosh, sampler. Damn it. Oh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Hey, guys, welcome. Welcome to your day off. Hi, guys. Hi, good morning. (laughs) That was such a role, too. He was getting last names. I know, know, whatever. It it can't get any easier than Sam Pillar. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, Nikki Lee is much easier than (laughs) Sam Pillar. Yeah. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, ladies? What's up with you? So happy to be here. Thank you so much for giving us some spare time to talk about a very controversial topic right now in our industry, which is price increases. It's actually, it's very interesting that you brought that up because the one thing that I've noticed through this COVID-19 is not only how, how, how the industries like, uh, like got around one another, certainly with, with all the education that's around with, with, with all the, with, you can find whatever you want, but also in that has been a lot of controversy that I frankly didn't even realize was there. You know, my, my quote over the podcast um, during the COVID thing is, you know, my business is my business, you know? So, um, you know, you're seeing there's a lot of controversy of whether I should sell at home. Well, it, it all started with like, should I close down? Right. That was the original um, yeah. controversy. Like, should I shut down? Right. Yeah. And then, um, should I shut down was like, should I do uh, at home kits? And then from there was like, should I do at, at, you know, should I go to someone's house and visit them to do their hair color, which, you know, for me personally, it just comes back to my business is my business. I'm not gonna tell you how to run your business um, in these, in these times, because nobody's in your bank account and nobody knows what's happening. So, you know, you do what you have to do for your business and 
you want to stay home for six weeks and, 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 you know, do your education thing. I applaud you. If if you need to go out there and, you know, sell some at home color kits, I applaud you as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have to tell you, I feel that I really did understand the, the issues of pricing and the controversy around it. There's always been controversy around this topic for me from a, from a coach perspective. I think that when we talk to anyone, we always hear that there's always this emotional quality to price increases. It's, it's very rarely spoken in our industry from a very structured business perspective of supply and demand and cost of goods and value propositions and your transaction process, which are all components of a price increase and a pricing uh, uh, system inside of your company. Really, your pricing system is really where you should start. And no one has... Well, not no one, but very few people in our industry have a strong understanding of the business side of it. And so when they speak about emotional or pricing, it's always with this layer of emotion that I just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I think in our last podcast, I pointed out that one of the things that I always say is when I'm coaching anybody on pricing, I would always encourage you to remove all emotion about self-worth, about clients leaving, about clients getting upset. And about disgruntled guests, you know, challenging you on your pricing. Just remove it for a moment and think about it only as a business perspective. Because just as we were doing this triple P loan stuff, people are, again, infusing emotion around it. You know, I don't know what to do. They're mad at me. They're arguing with me. Stop. Run the numbers. See what you need to do from a financial standpoint of what you can sustain and hold firm to that. And it's the same with the pricing. It's, it's, it's in everything in business, we need to stop infusing all this emotional quality to what we're doing and simply think about the numbers and think about the actual system of, its, uh, of pricing itself and think about all the key factors in pricing so that you can make a decision. I think that, and I'll repeat this at the end, my message from this podcast would be one thing, make sure that in anything that you do in your business, but most especially pricing, that you understand the, the, the real value of what it is. And it is how you grow uh, revenue. If you want your business to make more money, you work, you're, the only way really is going to be to increase your prices. And so if your company, if you're happy where it is with all the money where it is, then this podcast is not for you. If you feel that raising prices is a, an act of greed, or an act of that lacks dignity, which I've been hearing these words used mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to price increases, or unfair, or unethical, or in any of these ways, you don't understand enough about the business side, you got to go back and learn the business side. Then you can come talk to me about what price increases really mean. But your conversation cannot revolve around self-worth and and emotion. It just can't. This is not what this podcast is going to be. We talk to people all the time who have said, oh, I haven't raised my prices in three years. I haven't raised my prices in two years. Well, because you're afraid of losing clients. Well, your distributor wasn't concerned about losing you as a customer because they raised their prices. You know, the, the color companies, the all of the product lines, they raised their prices and they were not the least bit concerned about losing you as a customer. So why, if, you, if you've been paying increases probably every year that they've been raising their prices, but you're not raising your prices, why are you taking that loss? So there are certain costs of living that go into pricing that I think if I could start there. <clears throat> well, hold on, Nikki, hold on. Before we, before we I mean, I, I'm going to put the question right to you, you know, like, like, like during this COVID-19 thing and, and um, when we get back to work flat out, should we raise our prices? In my opinion, yes. <clears throat> and I'll tell you because um, there is no other, no better justification for a price increase than a significant financial crisis. And COVID-19 qualifies, in my opinion, as a significant mm-hmm. financial crisis that that put your business in danger of shutting down and you as a CEO and the manager and the visionary and the, the person that is responsible for keeping that business alive, capturing revenue is going to be your number one priority because if you don't have the revenue to sustain, your business will not survive. And I guarantee you all of the components of reopening will minimize revenue. 
slowing down the production, slowing down the speed, slowing down the time, less clients, and other factors in supply. Because what you are doing very clearly is this. You are a supplier of a commodity. You've entered the world of business by opening a storefront or a suite, or you're renting a booth to provide a commodity. That commodity is a service. Service is delivered hand to hand, right? It's delivered one person at a time. When you sell Coca-Cola, it's not a service, it's a product. So your commodity is actually a product. And when you produce a commodity, the first thing you need to think about is how do you magnify? How do you magnify production? How do you magnify uh, speed? How do you magnify revenue? All of these key things play huge in running a business. And if you study business, if you don't make the decision to magnify your service, your production, your revenue, you're not fulfilling your responsibility as the owner of that business. Instead, you're allowing your emotion or you're allowing your team to drive the emotion of doing whatever it is that's inside that business that might be detrimental to the business long-term. When we get back to work, the supply, just for the simple fact of the supply of our commodity will be lowered, meaning less people will come back to work. You guys all can say, there is not one person I've spoken to that doesn't have a team member that is saying, I don't want to go back to work right away. I'm scared. I want to wait it out. And it makes it even sweeter because of the unemployment deal. So there are a lot of people that are able to say, I don't want to work. It's, it's, it's more comfortable. It's a luxury at this point that the government relief has given you. You're like, yeah, I don't feel like working right now. I'm going to hold off another couple of months. You have that luxury. If that unemployment was taken away, do you think it would change that, that picture? <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Right. Yeah. Everyone would be back, right? So- if you didn't get a triple P loan, everyone would be back to work. Because this is why people are operating by going to people's homes. Because when you're in a starving mode or a scarcity mode, you'll do whatever it takes to survive. Survival mode. Exactly. So what what would that conversation look like to your clients though? You know what I mean? So because it's it's not only the hairdresser's been affected, right? The the whole community, right? Everybody's been affected. I wrote an entire letter that I will share with you guys and I will read it on air if you would like for me to read it. And I addressed those issues for this pandemic and the reopening. And I addressed the key factors to the language to convey to your guests. So if you guys would like that, I would be happy to read that on air. for you. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, All right. please. You want, to, you want me to read it right now or you want to hold off? No, no, go ahead. We're here. All right. Let me pull it up. So, so meanwhile, I want you guys, while I'm pulling this up, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about what it will look like as what value proposition you're offering as your commodity. So as you are about to open, what is your value proposition, which means what value are you offering to your guests? Okay. So I want you to think hard about what that is. I can't tell you what that is. Mm -hmm. What I mean is in your value proposition, are you working around the clock when you reopen? Are you going to be available anytime your guest wants? Are you going to get them in? right away the moment your state opens or are you deciding to wait and hold it, hold off are you going to order and place big orders to make sure you have all the color supplies and everything that you need are you ordering a bunch of ppe equipment for your team or yourself or your clients are you offering that complimentary or not are you going to take your time in doing the services or are you still going to hustle these are all value concepts and and the value proposition that you're going to offer to your to your guest has a cost. And I want you to think about what that cost will look like for you. And our PPE order for our team, because we have a large team, is going to look like probably $2,000 by the time it's all said and done. And that's just for the first month or two. How are we going to build that into the cost of the service? And I'm not taking that out of my pocket. And that's just speculation on what we're going to need. We don't really truly know yet until we open our door. Right. And I have a bunch of uh, stylists or or stylists primarily, not really salon owners, but some salon owners that are resisting. Some have partnerships and their partners are like resisting the price increase. But one partner is like, no, we need to raise our prices because I can see it like from a business standpoint. And these other partners are like, no, no, we don't want to lose our clients and it's insensitive. And I mean, and so the argument they always pose to me is this. So you know, if our HVAC blows and we got to replace it, does a customer have to pay for that? 
if our washing machine blows and it, and it goes and we have to replace the washing machine, do we have to pay for that? And I mean, does our customer have, yes, yes. The answer yeah. is yes. Every cost the business incurs is passed to the consumer, period, right. end of story. That's how you run a business. Well, and- Nikki, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate for just a sec, right before you, you, read, you read the letter. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it plays hand in hand. Is that, but, but don't you also risk, you know, being Harvard or being the LA Lakers and like where they receive this PPP loan and like, you know, with, with the entire, like to Tony's point earlier, like, like with the entire community suffering now with, with everyone's 401ks dropping and, and yada, 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 whatever, you know, there's just not that much cash available. Do you also risk like, you know, trying to capitalize, you know, um, on it as well? And, and if not, you know, what is that verbiage as well? Well, I think that that's a, that, that's a, those are two separate topics. Okay. The Lakers getting a loan for $40 million, in my opinion, was an unnecessary item. Again, that being said, that is an unknown to me. I don't know what the Lakers financials look like. Right, so right, I can't right. speak to that. Right. Your clients? I just meant it as a PR thing, you know, in, okay. in taking the same PR that, 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 that they took about, you know, again, taking advantage of something, of, of the COVID kind of thing. I think we have to think it, differently. It's not taking advantage of it. It's uh-huh. weighing numbers. Numbers don't lie. And that's why I say you got to live outside the, uh, outside the emotion. If we live in the emotion around a price increase, we are going to live in a state where we're like, oh, we have to be fair to our guests and they're all suffering. My question for you is I would like for you to do a very realistic way out of your guest and tell me how many of your guests you think have lost, have, have their industries have been impacted like the beauty business. If they are government contractors, if they're a police force, if they're nurses, if they're doctors, if I don't see another industry being impacted financially like the Mm -hmm. beauty business has been. And so we have to recover from that or we won't. The the simple fact is out of 94,000 salon owners that have employees in the United States, I guarantee we'll lose 40,000 of them in the next six months. I guarantee it. No, 40,000 salons. No, no, I'm saying, yeah, but that's, the, you know, the, you're, you're at about 45 40%, 30%, 50%. I, I, I would not be surprised if it was 50% of those numbers. I would wow. not be surprised. That's shocking. From the numbers that we are hearing, I can tell Scary. you it's a flat 50 or 60% of saloners that are telling us from our numbers. So to answer that question is, I don't think that we really truly understand what's in our client's pocketbook. We don't know where they've been impacted and where they haven't been impacted. All we can do is cover our cost and give and deliver the best service and do it in the most fair and ethical way possible and not live inside of our customer's pocketbook. We have to remove ourselves out of that and think about pricing, not from the consumer perspective, but from the business perspective, from the other side. Go back to your business. And, and go back to the business, remove the emotion, because I think that that taking advantage and words that I've heard being used like, oh, don't be greedy, or uh, raising prices would, would lack dignity. Um, I, I don't think that that is accurate. Those are very emotional terms. And my, my answer to them would always be, have you run the numbers? Have you right. actually calculated the cost? Have you actually looked to see how much you lost over the last eight weeks of closure and how long it will take you to recover from that outside of normal operating costs? Do you know those numbers? And I guarantee you, if you look at the numbers, numbers don't lie and they remove the emotion and everybody would raise their prices, especially mm-hmm. in the beauty business. I don't think there, there is an industry. I really genuinely, I, and I've watched a lot of other industries. I know some people have been impacted. I understand that, mm-hmm. but not to the degree that this industry has. And not right. almost, and not like a hundred percent of our industry, right? Like it, right. It's a, every right. single person in our industry is being right. impacted. And there are a lot of people that are our guests. Why do you think guests are like cutting you checks for, you know, sending cash for $300 because they have the money. And by the way, most of us, if your tip margins are, you know, if your service is $200 and they tip you $50, that's a huge tip margin. That means that customer is telling you to raise your prices. That's what that means. But so many stylists are afraid to raise their prices because they're like, but I like all that cash because I get to keep all that cash. Whereas claim that cash, but that's got to change. We got to stop thinking about uh, pricing in that way. Okay. We're bought in. What, how do we tell our clients? All right. So let me read the letter. Okay. Yep. Dear salon guest, our salon has implemented some changes in response to the COVID-19 pandemic shutdowns. Our industry has been debilitated and impacted in an unprecedented way. In our fight to survive and thrive, we will need to create some necessary changes in our operations. 
due to many factors like, one, the long duration of time since a price increase has been calculated. Some people have been a long time, by the way. Two, the critical pandemic financial crisis our industry has endured. Three, as well as a dramatically high cost of PPE for our staff to follow legal guidelines. Four, and the cost of other protective gear provided complimentary for our guests to be safe. And five, the governor's mandates to slow down and spread out all appointments. Therefore, it will take longer to get every guest in. The appointment spots will be incredibly limited and considered premium over the first few months as we acclimate back to our original speed. We'll change our cancellation no-show policies to ensure that there isn't any wasted time. Our team will strive to work extra hours to be as accommodating as possible. We will have to spread out our teams into two groups in case of anyone getting sick. This will cause a delay in getting you in right away. Please review our printouts and refer to our Facebook page for our revised cancellation no-show policies. Our guarantee policy will stay the same. We will always pursue excellence in our services to you. Our salon will be implementing a price increase to balance our expenses as of, and then you add the date. Due to the the speed of the pandemic and heightened immediate cost, we have have not printed out the new prices in a formal brochure yet, but we will have temporary printed flyers in the meantime for your review. Please note that our team always strives to be thoughtful and trustworthy to our guests, especially in uh, reference to pricing. Therefore, please discuss all services and fees prior to your service with your service provider. Your service provider will discuss and inform you of all the final cost, if need be. If there needs to be a different price for your budget, then we can offer other lower tier stylists on our team or alter the service to fit or discuss other options for you. We want to thank you for your support, patience, and understanding. As a gift, we have given you a $25 gift certificate to use from the dates of July 1st, 2020 to September 15th, 2020. You mean, so, you mean so much to us, and we will continue to fight to be your community salon. Signed, your team. Is that, will, that, will that letter be available on the uh, yes. Statements Project uh, Facebook yep. page? Yep. I'm actually posting it today with an entire workbook that you can access just uh, that will go over the information today on the podcast. So about price increasing and then how to get down to the nitty gritty of it. So you're speaking the language to your guests so that they really understand how badly our, our industry has been impacted. We have to convey that to our guests. It has been wiped out. I mean, we are utterly debilitated, shut down. There's no selling anything. I mean, yeah, we can get creative selling gifts or it's whatever, but that cannot recover us. You know, we're, we're, we've lost like over $300,000 in revenue during our shutdown. If I break that down per day based on normal operations, that would take me close to eight years to recover from that. And then I'm adding a loan on top of that. If my, if some of my people, of the triple P loan doesn't get forgiven, you have to build this into your pricing. We have suffered a financial crisis of an unprecedented way. We have to recover financially and costs always get passed to the, uh, to the consumer. And if a consumer does not understand that they are not for you anyway. So you have to think about what that really means to you. And if you give them, if you're an independent, let's say, now would be the time to potentially pull in an assistant junior stylist that may be out of a job and say, come work for me. Let me pay you or just tip you out or whatever you want to do. And then you help. And then you pass along some of these guests to these juniors that maybe don't want to pay your prices. You know, luckily for us, we have like 13 assistants so that we can, you know, that are junior stylists that we can pass along to. But, but that's the key because, you know, if you've lost seven stylists like us, and if you uh, have two or three more, they're like, I don't want to work right away. How long do you think it's going to take for me to get everyone in? I need to anticipate it's going to take a month for someone to get in. Those are premium spots. That means if I'm open, you know, being that canary, like Vanessa Rose posted, you know, it's the canary in the cave. It's the canary in the, in the mine. You know what I mean? They send them the canary to see like, okay, how dangerous is it? Right. The people that are opening now in Georgia and Oklahoma and Colorado and now Virginia, hopefully this weekend, we're the canary in the, in the mine. We're going to test it out and we're going to see, and we're going to risk getting sick to learn the right way in order to share with you guys in another two or three weeks, what we've learned, just like John Palmieri has learned. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris Ulame. So, so your guests have to know that there is a certain level of danger to that. They have to know that our industry has been impacted detrimentally to the point of 50% of our business will be shut down. They have to understand that getting loans were incredibly difficult for us because a lot of the big people got it and some of the smaller ones didn't. They have to understand that we're struggling to survive and they will understand. If your guests give you the $300, they know you need to make money. They know. Consumers understand. And if you decide, okay, I just had a price increase 
six weeks ago before we shut down. I can't do it. Okay, maybe not right now because you already implemented it before you opened. That's good. Anticipate the, the volume of production and, uh, slowing down, but yet the prices will accommodate that. That's lovely. You already did the work. But if you haven't done it for a year or two or five, my God, it's time. Especially if you have a high demand because demand is a portion of calculating price. I hope I explained that okay. Yeah, completely, completely. I'm uh, yeah, and I love the letter because you were explaining and you said this and letting them know why you're doing it. And right. they get it. They'll understand it. Right. And, and, and we have to stand firm for ourselves. <laughs> Be scrappy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you tell your client if they challenge you with price, here's an option. Just say, you know what? I'm so sorry that you're upset with me about changing the prices due to this situation. And if it's helpful to you because you're suffering financially, then you know what I'll do? I'll give you a gift, a gift certificate for $50 for the next visit. Or I'll discount. I'll go ahead and take the price back down to the original price for you today. And, and trying to be as understanding because I want to work with you too. Right. But you have to understand just as much we have to live too and we have to survive too. So it's business. This is business. And I love you and I adore you. And I'm so thankful for your support. However, at this point in time, I, we have to run the business from a business standpoint. Right. Love it. And so you have options. You know, if the ones really, really challenge you, then okay, I understand. But, but you have to still remember, don't, and remember this rule, don't make rules in your business and policies and procedures for the minority, make them for the majority, the minority, you can always make exceptions for the majority. Don't do the rules for the majority. 80% of the majority rule, always make the rules and policies for that. And then the 20% or 10% of clients that give you some, you know, kickback or some challenge, Mm -hmm. then figure out clever ways to handle that. Like VIP programs, which keep you a year back in pricing, which I can explain later if you would like, but, but, but these are methods that somehow you're always keeping cash flow coming into your business. I love it. Don't take a hit personally and financially just because you feel bad. That's just not good enough reason for me. Yeah. You're only hurting yourself. You're going to feel really bad when your business has to shut down. Right. Right. Hmm. I love it, Nick. Hey, Nick, I'm, this, uh, so the COVID-19 is certainly a, uh, a rarity um, in, mm-hmm. in business and, and how to deal with it. So, you know, you're, you're sending the letter out and you're saying, hey, this is why we're raising our prices and stuff. Tr- traditionally, and we've talked about this a few times on the podcast with no real clarity, and I'm not really looking for clarity, but just what, what's, your, what's your opinion about uh, notifying your client that there's going to be a price raise, raise um, you know, normally, I, I get that the, that the COVID-19 thing is, is a little different. Yeah. So typically, it's how you position it. It's the presentation, in my opinion. So we have a very, we have eight tiers of pricing. So when one of our stylists moves up in pricing, that's what we call a promotion, right? A tier promotion or a right. price promotion or a revenue promotion or just straight up raise. How about that? Mm-hmm. And so we have a promotion letter. And that's how in our industry, we get raises. Right. And, and there's no other way. There's no other way. Unless the owner, you come after the owner for a commission jump, which by the way, puts the owner in a very weakened position to run that business. Mm-hmm. Because that owner has to magnify at times all the employees. But individually, this is why you need tier pricing. So that you can continue to build up based on your demand, based on your metrics, based on your production, your retention, your pre-booking, your all of these metrics that you have to fulfill. And if your performance looks good, then raise the prices because your price is nothing but a mechanism to balance out the law of supply and demand. Right. Your supply of your commodity, and if the demand goes up above the amount of supply, you got to balance the price to get that back into equilibrium. That's what pricing really is. It's nothing but a mechanism of, of conveying uh, and balancing the supply and demand chain and the supply and demand curve. And so you have to be really, really uh, structured about that. And well, I would definitely make sure that, thank you, and that, and that we just are really on top of that. Did using I explain the supply that? and demand rule then going into the COVID and listen, I can only speak for me when it comes to this, but you know, we are, our times, you know, I've made my business by double and triple booking. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. moving forward, 
you know, that, okay, that, can I pause you for a moment? Let me, me, let me call you what that, let me tell you what that, that really is. That's called magnification of revenue. What you just did, but you're doing it in labor. What do you mean? Explain that. Meaning you double, triple booking yeah. means you're trying to magnify your revenue. Right. That is your method, right. but there are other methods. Right. Right, right, right. You don't have to kill yourself is what I'm saying. No, 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 no. And, and I was, I was actually, uh, I was, I was going to say using the supply and demand rule. Now what's happened is that, um, is that my demand, if it stays equal, the supply is a lot less. Exactly. So, so there's more, so there's more of a premium on that time. Absolutely. Um, and think about how premium your appointments are going to be for the next month or two. Right. They're, they're premium. You, you think that you're going to be able to operate the same. And by the way, all of us have, have just had six or eight weeks off. Do you, are you going back to the original way of working? Well, I mean, he, well, I mean, I mean, and this is, this is the truth. Tony doesn't even know this, but um, you know, I'm in a suite and I have a suite mate, but we had a discussion last night um, about what it's going to look like. And we're actually going to separate the week, right? So right. we're not going to work together. Um, right. There. So he's going to work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm going to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we're going to alternate Saturdays. Right. You know, so, you know, we're well, going to think about how limited that's going to be. Exactly. I mean, I'm actually working less than I was before, right. before the COVID thing, you know, um, taking right. off those Saturday, those every so for you, Saturday. a price increase is a necessity because, right. because you won't be able to get them all in. Yeah. And you want the ones that are going to come in, that are going to pay you higher. Right. I dig it. Cause you need to make the same money or more. But too, they have to remember that we're not talking increase your prices 50%. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question. I've actually what 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 percentage should I'm gonna we look go at? over that with you? I'm gonna go over that let with me, you. Uh, let me just give you a quick example. This has been some time back. We did a tear jump on someone. If the client comes in, sees the notice for the tear jump, and says, "Does this mean that I'm that you're raising your prices?" And she said, "Yes, my prices are going up." And the client said, mm, okay, then to be perfectly honest with you, I'm really in a financial position where I can't afford to pay any more than what I'm currently paying. And certainly not to be offensive to you as my stylist, but would you mind recommending someone else in here that I could go to, to keep within my price? Because that's our culture. <clears throat> and she said, absolutely. I'll be happy to. I happened to be standing at the desk. She walked up and she said, I just need to look at the book for a moment. I want to see who I can refer her to. And I said, well, what's going on? And she said, well, my prices are going up and she really can't afford the increase. So I want to find somebody for her. And I said, okay, does she understand that it's just a, just a $5 increase? You might want to ask her because maybe $5 isn't going to make it or break it. It was over right. here. It, yeah. And she said, well, oh, I didn't know it was only $5. The client said that. Yeah. No, the stylist said right. that. Just, 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 they're just so lack anyway. of knowledge. <clears throat> so I said, look, go, just try something. Go and talk to her. And in a very nice way, say it's only $5. Right. I mean, certainly by not offending her if she can't afford the $5. Right. She goes over and she says, oh, okay, well, here's going to be the new price. And I did find someone. And the client said to her, wait a minute, it's only a $5 increase. And she said, yes. She said, then I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with you. Yeah, good deal. Because the client had the perception that if you're charging $80 for a haircut, now it's going to 120. That's not the case. So there's two things here. You need to be educated about how much your personal prices are going up. Ask your ask your salon owner, ask questions, learn what your answers are to your clients, and then in a very kind way explain to your client it's only $5. Now only $5 to you or me may not be a big deal. Only $5 could be a very big deal to some people, depending on their circumstances. But she sure. didn't lose that client. Right. Perfect. I, I'm going to do the math on that for you guys. So before we jump into that, I'd like to just chat with you guys just about a couple of components that you have to have in place first before you do a price increase. Cool? This is normal or this is COVID-19 stuff? This is everybody, all yeah, the time, yeah. no matter yeah. what. Boom. Yeah. So first thing you need to do is you need to create tiers, even if you're an independent. Um, and here's the reason why. Independence, in my opinion, need at least three tiers. The, there needs to be a low tier for assistance that you bring on to train because you need to, 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 to push off clients that aren't willing to travel up with you to these assistants. And you guys as independents can definitely agree with me that at certain times it makes sense to hire an assistant. Would you guys agree with me? You can't yeah. magnify revenue and production until you do. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Okay. You can't keep working more hours. You can't keep 
hustling, triple booking, quadruple booking, whatever it is. That can't be forever, right? You can do that, but when you max your capacity, then what do you do, right? right. So you need to have an assistant that you're training at all times in order to send off those clients that don't want to travel up with you to share the workload a little bit so that you can stay behind the chair and raise your hourly calculation, which again, I'll do the math for you after all of these components. So mid-tier is for this tier for you to stay on currently. So let's say your mid-tier for a haircut is $75, then the low tier could be 50 or 55 or something like that, right? And then you need to have a high tier that no one sits on. That high tier is for you to post on the bottom of your printed price list on a brochure or a flyer. Or I don't care how you print it, but print it out because then it sets it in stone and it makes it trustworthy. Instead of being up here and they don't know what to expect from you and then their prices jump all over the place. And by the way, when any negotiation happens, you're like, nope, that's the price. Or when you're pricing out a service that includes four or five different price components to it, you can lay it out by showing them exactly what those are. You're going to get a full foliage and then I'm going to add some low lights. That's a separate cost. I'm going to add B3. That's $25. And then I'm going to like, you know, uh, do a haircut and then I'm going to do a treatment at the sink and then I'm going to do a blow dry and then I'm doing a la carte everything. And that's really important. We bundle all the time. Bundle is fine, except that you need to make sure that you understand the bundle timing bundling is really about timing in my opinion can you condense down a lot of tickets to keep your price point the same bundling you're not you can discount a little bit with bundling but that's really because you have assistants that help you and in, in doing and performing that bundling does that make sense yep okay so that high tier is posted on your brochure at the bottom a disclaimer always needs to be posted at Salon X, we will always raise prices on December 1, January 1, July 1. I don't care what date you put, just put a date. Typically, I would put the date of that price increase. A lot of people suggest November or December um, or September. I would suggest you look at your lease and you see when your lease increases and you try to tie in and negotiate with the color companies that they don't increase prices on you for color services until that date as well. Mm -hmm. So you know on that date, every year, January 1, your costs go up. That means the prices go up on that date every single year. And you post that as a bottom, as a disclaimer. And guess what? They're like, well, what will it go up to? We'll see that third tier. That's the prices that we're going to be jumping to. Oh, wow. And then you keep continuing to grow tiers. So in an independent suite, your goal eventually, guys, I mean, some suites don't have this goal, but a lot of suites do. Meaning if you're an independent stylist, you're working by yourself, but eventually you'll have to hire an assistant and then that assistant will take a chair, which means that you're going to take a double suite. And then eventually you're going to raise prices and that assistant will become a, a, a full-blown stylist that needs to hire another assistant to help the two of you, which now means a triple suite, which means it's probably better for you to go get a storefront. Right. So you're just, in essence, starting as an independent to build into a full-blown salon. I mean, it's a cycle. And right. so we have to understand that cycle. So that's why you need tier pricing because tier pricing is singularly the first way that you can scale your income and your compensation and revenue. Awesome. Now let's go to salon owners with employees of two or more. I think you need at least five to eight tiers. So the first tier would be an associate junior student tier. That's the lowest one. They have a limited service menu because those stylists don't know every skill yet. They're still learning, right? So where, what can you offer? It depends on that, that assistant, what they know how to do. Okay. Second is junior stylist, which is typically called tier one for service providers. It doesn't have to be just stylists. It can be uh, estheticians. It can be massage therapists. It can be makeup artists. It can so be. So basically this is when you first get on the floor. Yeah. It's like now I've assisted you and now I'm ready to launch and be off the floor as an assistant and take clients full time. The training wheels just got taken off. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. So right now you're operating slower. Maybe one of them. Right. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> then the next tier would be tier two, uh, would be a low demand stylist, which means the metrics land somewhere between 20 to 40%, which means you have 20, 40% production rate, which means you're booked 20, 40% of the time. So you're not fully booked yet. Um, you have rebooking is probably sitting at 20 to 40%. Um, retention is sitting at 20 to 40%. Retail is probably sitting at like five or well, maybe higher. I don't know. It depends on the hustler inside of you, but you get the idea. The metrics are low. It's low demand. They don't have yeah. a ton of, 
uh, they're not rainmakers yet. You know, they're just sitting there waiting for the, for the, for the, for the overflow. For the rain. They're waiting for the rain. Mm-hmm. Right. They're waiting for the top producers to send and you know, make the rain for them. <laughs> they're learning how to make the rain. Right. Right. And so then you have tier three, which is mid demand. Now they're growing their clients. They're, they're more booked. Right. So guess what? They got a tear jump. They got a promotion. They're making more money because they have higher demand. And then you have high demand stylist, which is going to be the metrics sitting around, you know, so that mid is probably 40 to 60. And then that high demand is around 60 to 85. And then now you have top producer, which is like a tier five. Now this top producer sits around that 85 to 95%. They're, they're, they're hustling. They're like demand. They got people calling in. They got two to three new clients a week calling in. They're working it, which means their price needs to be high. And then you have a top tier, uh, which is basically top producer status. At, and, and you've made demand level adjustments as they've gone. This means that they sit at 95, 99% pre-booking rate, high retention. People are just like demanding and they are booked three, four weeks out and you can't get in with them. The first thing that needs to change is price. First thing, how much? The sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want. You can jump a tier every year and you can have 28 tiers for all I care. And this is just something that you continue to do for increased revenue growth. Continue, continue, continue. And then eventually you can raise prices a couple ways. The stylist themselves or the service provider themselves can get a promotion price jump or the salon can look at the entire offerings, service offering list, and raise the entire thing. So now you get two ways of infusing more revenue into your pricing. That has to be analyzed every year, right, Mm -hmm. Iva? Absolutely. Every year. As a matter of fact, probably every nine months, you should probably analyze that. And listen, some years we don't do it. Some years we're like, okay, listen, we've just experienced something bad. You know, the the 2010 uh, market crash you know, for real estate agents and lenders and right. all other people, we, we decided not to jump for two years on that. Right. Because we were like, that's sensitive to the situation. We didn't see it. We actually saw an increase in, in, in revenue growth. But now it's our turn to take a hit in the COVID, mm-hmm. right? So now it's our turn to raise our prices. Right. Yeah. Speaking of COVID, I mean, is there, do you see a particular percentage? I know each individual or each salon's uh, different and, uh, you know, like, your, your, your lease at, on the average goes up with 3% a year. So you have set costs, but during the COVID, it is like, I mean, well, you know, I would look and see what your PPE is and I would see in, in how much revenue you're going to lose. So I would track the first month. So if you don't want to do a price increase the first month, but you want to wait one month, I would track mm-hmm. that month. And I would see measured against the last year's uh, uh, June or July, I would see you know, how much are we doing less? If last July was a hundred thousand a month and this month it's 50,000, that means you're losing 50,000. How are you going to compensate for that? You might not be able to make up the 50,000 in the price increase, but you can definitely get closer. Right. Right. So in the COVID, there's no way of really knowing because there's just so many variables right now, you know, now, so that's the first order of business. You got to create your tiers. The second uh, order of business is what we call cost of goods calculations. Those of you that apply for the idle loans have become very familiar with cost of goods because cost of goods means we, in our, in the beauty business, we call that service charges or back charge, back bar charges. I want you guys to stop thinking about it like that. It's not that it's not a service fee to the stylist. It shouldn't be passed to the stylist. It should be passed to the consumer. Meaning in your price, if you, so there's something called billable hours. Meaning if you, Tony, are a stylist for me and it takes you one hour to do a balayage and one hour to do the haircut to finish, but then there's nothing happening in that process time of one hour, that one hour process time is not a billable hour. The billable hours are the hours that you're actually working on the customer. So well, that's- Hold on, Nikki. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need a little bit of clarity here, right? Okay. Is that, so, so but, but with the new- with maybe the new restrictions behind the chair, are we going to have to bill that hour to the client? And then if that's the case, now we've just tripled our cost. This is why I'm saying a price increase is absolutely a necessity because you won't be able to do that. You won't be able to book somebody in the middle. And I guarantee you're not going to triple your cost to your, your guest, but you can definitely see a 20% increase in pricing to accommodate, uh, to accommodate that for the, for the time being. 
and then you can continue to grow. And some of us haven't had a price increase in five years, which means that you're behind the curve about 30% on your pricing inflation. That's a significant pricing drop. You are in, in essence moving backwards in time, in revenue. Your compensation isn't scaling. It's actually moving backwards right? because you haven't jumped in five years. Every time you make a decision to not jump on the times that everything gets increased on you is a decision to move backwards in compensation. Just Maybe realize. Less money, essentially. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And so, yes, we can't build in for that process time, but then to understand why we can't do that and to know that that, that billable hour then needs to go from $100 to $120 to compensate for that to some degree, I think that that's an important factor, right? Well, ordinarily, it is a billable time, that processing time, because you put a haircut in there. Right. Or you ordinarily, you can fill it in with something right. else. When you're double, triple booking, as you're, as you're calling it, or stagger as we booking. call it, stagger booking, right? right? And the reason we don't like the word double booking or triple booking is because it conveys negatively to the guest. I we understand want that. them to understand that we are not layering them. We are actually incrementally booking them very strategically to maximize 40 hours of work time. Right. Otherwise, if you're working 40 hours a week and you don't book anyone in that finish time and you have 20 empty finish times, that means you're in essence working part-time mm-hmm. in 40 hours. Of yeah, being yeah, I got to be honest. I mean, that's, that's again, because I've built my book by staggering. Yes. That, um, <laughs> that when we get back, you know, what does that look like? Right. And then, exactly. you know, and, and we won't be able to do that. Hence premium appointment spots. Right. I'm just, yeah. And like, for me, like I, I'm not good when I stand around. You know? Right. Yeah. I, neither am I, neither am you I. Know? So when I'm waiting for that hour to, for that balayage to right. process, you know, it's, right. it's, uh, and, and don't do that too long. I hope that doesn't last too long because then the customers start to get used to that psychoanalysis that you get for free in the process time. That's right. not part of the service. That doesn't make you a better service provider to sit with them during their process time. Oh, yeah. You got to stop I mean, doing that. Some people I'd love to sit with, but then others, you know. Right. <laughs> I know. I know. So anyway, in your cost of goods, here's how you do it. You get your invoices um, or your orders. You go in and you calculate every product you use. So if you use Goldwell Silk Lift Lightener, if you use Goldwell Silk Lift Developer, what does it cost for a tub? $28, let's say. So you take that $28 and you divide it by the amount of ounces because each scoop is an ounce, right? So if you have 16 ounces in that tub, you divide six or $28 by 16, that's the cost per scoop. If you tell me it takes you six scoops of lightener to do a balayage, then I know inside balayage, I need to build in eight scoops of lightener. Why eight? Because you use six on the regular, you're building in two for wastage or extra thick color or extra uh, thick hair. Right. Right. So you're not or deviating if, the price for that. Or if, or if you're Tony and me, you just use salon scale and it weighs it out for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's that. Exactly. So <laughs> it But that doesn't matter what you use as a tool. What matters is that you understand what you use inside that service. Right. So that price can reflect that. So let's say your billable hour, Tony, with me to do a balayage and a haircut is $100 and $100 and two billable hours with that process in between. Then your billable hour minimum for your income that you want is going to be $200. If we're raising it to 110 and 110, then that means you get an additional $20. So now your income is built in of $220 of billable hours. Then let's say you calculate all your cost of goods, your developer, your six scoops or eight scoops of lightener, your two ounces of toner, which we all tone now. And so now you're talking 28, $32 of cost of goods that needs to go on top of it. So it's 220 plus $28 round up from 28 to 30. So that's 250 bucks. So now you know that balayage service with haircut needs to be $250, but you're forgetting about the profit. So now you got to add 10% profit because we deserve to make a profit. So what's 10% of $250 It's $25. The service now goes to $275. Now you know what the price for your balayage with toner, full balayage is. Bada bing, bada boom. And you've it. built in the timing allocation of one hour billable time of application, one hour process, 30 minutes of back bar, and one hour finish. So now you have your four timing allocations. You accounted the money in that. Once we're done with COVID and we can start staggering again, then we can put people into that middle time slot and then we'll, our revenue will double again. Right now we're losing probably 40% or 50% just by not able to do that. Mm-hmm. The ones that are used to doing that. Mm. Wow. Love. It makes sense. You know, it, it kind of, it makes sense how to make sense. Okay. Um, so, so you have any questions about the cost of goods? 
before I move on? No, no, we can go. We can move on. I mean, I do have a question about, you know, again, back going back to the verbiage, though, if we could do that. You don't you don't have to post this to the client. The client doesn't need to know this. All the client needs to know is my pay. My, my price for a balayage with a haircut is two seventy five. No, no, no. I understand that. Okay. So I guess you answered my question a little bit. I was going to say, you know, should you tell your client, Hey, I'm going to have a 10% price increase. Or should you just say, these are my new prices? I, I like to leave pricing as simple as possible. Um, ethically, some people feel that they should post about it, but it's in the language, which means, and I'll share that letter with you guys on the statements uh -huh. project uh, and to you guys as well. We have a little announcement statement that we put and we post on the station of the stylist. You guys can do the same as independents. You post a little letter, but remember you have a brochure that the language is already built in at the uh -huh. bottom. As of January 1, I will be jumping to the next tier or I will be increasing prices to the next tier. So it's already for you. So they are already understanding what that is. And then in the reprint of your brochures for the next year, you're going to put that in there and you're going to build a fourth tier Boom. or move your entire set of tiers up 20%, 30%, 10%, whatever you want it to be. Love it. Right. Yeah, I like that. Okay. So the language again, I guess ethically, I like to let my guests know, but I don't want to make it a conversation. So I'm going to let you know, if you have a need to have an explanation, then we can talk about it, but let's not talk about it. I would rather them come to the desk and then say, I didn't know about it. And then I'll go ahead and take that price down to the original and let them know. Just so you know, next time the prices are the new prices that have been reflected. I understand maybe you didn't know about it this time. And we can, we can waive that. If you want to do that, if you don't, then just flat out say, these are the new prices. Legally, no one's telling you, you have to post anything. Right. It's just ethically, you want to just convey it, but in the most simple business language possible. I kind of like, I like what you're saying. It's just like, as of January 1st, this is it, you know, it's right. not, and, and just make, it every year. Make, make that the system. Right. And then there's exactly not really right. much, there's not really much discussion about it. Right. It just, right. it is, it is. Now you is. can choose and elect at that time to say, mm, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to raise prices this year because of whatever. X, y, Z, right. Right. And, and so, you know, we're going to just stay, we're going to stay put this year and then we'll reevaluate in six months. And we might just change it to, for the next six months. We might bump back down. Again, you don't have to. You built in the, the ability to do it. Right. Right? All right. So next topic for price increase, the, your homework, your prep work, is uh, gain full understanding of when your expenses increase. So you need to call. You need to look on your lease to find out when your rent increases every year. That, that needs to be known. Um, you need to know when your utilities change or go up. This is very important information products, any of your color products, any of anything that you use as what we call consumable cost of goods, you need to know. Right. And if you, when you're starting to get really good with your accounting, like you download QuickBooks mobile apps or Vagaro or Millennium or whatever you use that has a accounting system built in, I want you to separate your cost of goods into two categories, consumable and sellable. Sellable is your retail, what you're selling, you're not using to make, right? That's why a lot of salons don't want you pulling a hairspray can off the shelf because it's sellable. It's not consumable. They didn't build in for the cost of it. And it's confusing the accounting. And so then in this pile in the consumable, it's color, bleach, lightener, developer, toner, whatever on this side, shampoo, conditioner, right? At the back bar, you know, that difference. You're not, you're not mixing your, your cost up. Keep right. your costs separate on your accounting. All right, so then you also need to know, uh, calculate your experience factors. Time yourself constantly. Timing is very important. In this business, when you're providing a service, time equals money. And so if you're fast, you'll make more money. If you're slow, you'll make a lot less money. And that's just a fact. And so timing yourself and getting yourself faster at all times is better. I'm not saying rush them through. I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting you stay efficient at all times. Don't slow down because you like to talk and stop. Don't slow down because, you know, you'd rather stop for lunch halfway through your foil. You know, that's not okay. That's not okay. Be efficient. Be efficient with your timing. Stay on top of your timing. Know what your billable hours are at all times. Know, Tony, that if it takes you an hour for a haircut, that's called a billable hour. And what did you make on that haircut in that billable hour? You know damn well if you make two haircuts or you do two haircuts in that hour, your billable hour increases by double. So it's just time affects income major in our business, right. in every service business. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. So then the last factor of the expense increase is going to be your, your popularity or your, your, your amount of people that's demanding you, meaning you have to track your new clients, uh, traffic flow. So for example, 
you need to always know key numbers. The first number would be, um, do you know how many new clients call in to see you every week? The average metric for this to be a nice solid number would be eight to a week. In my opinion, if you're getting two new clients calling you a week, that's a solid metric. If you're getting only one, not enough word of mouth, not enough marketing happening, focus on some marketing. If you're getting three, you need a big ass price increase three a week. Okay. That's wow. 12 new clients that you can't get them in for a month. You're going to lose them. Right. You can't churn people away. They're willing to pay whatever price, but then you're sticking your time to these like long-term 25 year clients that are your fans and supporting you. And you're doing blow dries for $30 in that hour. Cause you'd like to, you know, chit chat. <laughs> That's a loss of revenue. Yeah. Just know, just know. I'm not telling you, you, you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, just don't think about not making money if that's what you know and you're okay with it. Right. Okay. Then the next component is going to be increased skill and certifications. At this point in time, all of us would have learned a significant amount and taken a shit ton of classes, right? Online and zoom and whatever else. Listen to this damn podcast. You should have a certificate for it. <laughs> yes, you should. I agree. I want you to gather all your certificates, all your training, all and get your, your and get Barberside certified. And I want you to, exactly. Yeah. And I want you to put together a portfolio folder of all of your increased certifications. And if your guests really give you a challenge and you've explained it in all the beautiful language you can, and they still have a problem with it, I want you to hand them the portfolio of your increased certifications. And I want you to say, do you see how hard I work on increasing skill? Do you see how much I'm trying to learn? I'm unique in this industry because look at how much time and energy I've spent in learning how to do things better and more efficiently. Love it. And if they still don't stop, they are not for you. Oh. They have to go. You're, Free you're, up your book to somebody else. Has to go. That's and if it. you have three or four new clients calling you a week, you can lose 12 new clients a month easily or 12 old clients a month as That's far as it. I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't love those babies. I do. My loyals and my VIPs, I love them. But some, and you do decide to take a little bit of a price hit on those clients sometimes. I know. But, they're, but they need to be giving you some residual cash flow in like a VIP program or referrals or word of mouth or something. You got to be Love getting it. something out of them. Okay, the next is going to be scheduled increases that are stated for public on your brochures and domains. We've already gone over that and I've shared that letter. And so what I'd like to do next is I want to talk about now the homework that you have to do before you open. But do you have any questions about those key components? No, but we got to be quick. We got we to gotta wrap it up because we're about an hour in. So, so okay. what, what's, what, what's the next phase? So I want you to make a service list and I will post this service list with the prices from old to new on the statement statements project, project Facebook. on Facebook. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And so I basically categorized your service list. You started with hair color cause it's the main, it's our bread and butter these days. So I categorized it as single process color underneath single process color. I put virgin color, which accounts for four ounces of color roots to ends Let's say the old price is 75. We jumped it to 80. I'm just giving you guys some defined price increases. You don't have to just listen here and you'll, you'll see it in writing when I post it. The next single process color service is root retouch. The next is root retouch with refresher. The next would be root retouch with balayage lowlights. So what I did was I created an offering list of very detailed service offerings and I put timing allocations with it. I put cost of goods allocations with it. And then I put the old price of what we're at now. And then I put the new price in there so that you understand how to track it and how to see how to increase your money. The next color category is global bond blonding, lift and toning. So underneath that is session work, global lightener, lightener retouch, toner with lightener, extra lightener formulations. If you need to mix more hair color cleansers, which is like so caps. So those are all my categories. I fit underneath that hair color category. Next wow. one would be color with highlights. The, that's my subcategory. And then underneath that I've itemized out, which is color, partial foils, color, full foils, color, three quarter foils. Again, with timing allocations, color allocations, the price and all of that hand painted balayage would be the next category. This would be classic full balayage, cheesy lights, balayage, classic partial balayage, face frame balayage, and then specialty diagrams. So if you go and learn like some special thing, like a 10 point spiral placement that has a special price to it because it's a special look and a special premium service, right? Right. Next would be color melts with smudgy ombres, which would be full, full color melts with lightener and base color. Full painted panels, which is, I have videos teaching all of that. Um, full uh, par pa partial painted panel, service painted panel. So underneath that category, I have sub uh, services. 
Then sidekick services with color enhancements. This would be toners, glazes, metallic finishes, root smudges, or shatter roots. Double toners, triple toners, which we now are doing for correctives, and base breaks. All the prices on those as well. Then we go into dimensional color, which is foiling, full foil, partial foil, three-quarter foil, mini partial, three-color full foils, add low lights, full baby light foils, partial baby light foils, which take more time. So do you guys see how specific I'm being? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I can't so wait to I, see that. Right. So I won't make it any more mundane than that. I'll post it and you guys can do that. But right. but but let's give you a math equation to wrap this conversation up. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's say you do, and I'm going to pull up my calculator here. Let's say you do, you tell me you do in one week, 20 clients, right? Uh-huh. That's 80 clients a month, uh-huh. right? And let's say your average color uh, amount is 80% of your revenue. So let's say uh, in, in your 80 clients, in your 80 clients, 60 of them do color, right? That's what that means basically, all right? So if you increase 10% and your revenue right now is $3,000 in your 80 clients, if you raise that, that's $300. So just with one small shift in just your color services, not even talking about all the other services you can raise, just in color, if you only see 80 clients a month, you could see a three to $500 shift just in that right there. Right. Some of these jumps are 15%. Some of these jumps, as you'll see posted, 10%. Some of these jumps will be tons of other things. Most of the independents that I coach, if we just do a small 10 to 15% shift in just their color services and not their haircuts, they will see a six to $800 revenue jump per month. Just that alone. Wow. That's how you hire your assistant. And that's just one small, tiny shift in one category. Wow. Imagine if you do that across the board with all of your service offerings. You know, you jump your character from 2350. That should give you, once you see the numbers, that's what I mean. When you see the numbers overall, it's a powerful, powerful message to you about how you can make decisions in your business from a, from a managerial accounting standpoint. I see the wheels turning. Why do I think you're going to hang up and raise your price? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. yeah. right. so if you're loan, by the way, you have a thousand dollar loan payment at the end of this or an, uh, an $800 loan payment after this. Do you see how you can eat up the $800 loan payment? Oh, so, yeah. don't sweat, so, so don't, don't sweat it. Just increase your prices and make that happen. Love it. Yeah. Nikki, man, you always blow my brain <laughs> like this, man. It, 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 I, I love it. I mean, we, we've talked about price increasing and, and, and you know, just, just the detail that you bring to it is amazing. Um, how does one find you? Uh, how does one find you guys? So if you go to the Statements Project uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, that will give you all of our posts and videos that we're continuously trying to make and share with everybody right now because – you know, our mission with the Statements Project right now, I mean, Ivan and I have talked about it a hundred times. We just want to make sure the industry s- survives, really. I mean, right. through this. And then outside of surviving, we got to then thrive outside of this. And then we have to sustain. Sustaining is a completely different animal than surviving. And so, so we, we have to know the principles behind things. And that's what we're trying to share, the detail and the principle behind things so that you, you stop making decisions based on emotion. Um, so you can go to the Statements Project Facebook, you can go to the Statements Project Instagram, um, and or you can go to www.thestatementsproject.com. Uh, uh, that is uh, our website where we house a lot of information there. You can contact us through there. Um, and then we have a, a course. I, I want to share this with you. If you go to www.statementsstrong.com, this is our online academy. The cost is 150 a month, but we give incredibly detailed handouts, downloads, information, and videos that align with all of those, meaning there's 12 modules. Each module is anywhere from six to 10, uh, 10 weeks long. Um, it's like basically a university for salon ownership. Uh, so, so it's, it's a nice affordable way to get the information that you need through coaching without having to invest seven, $800 a month in coaching. Um, so it's for people who really don't have the money to really spend on coaching, but yet still want the same information. And so, so please go to statementstrong.com for that. If you want to ask us questions about it, we are happy to explain that to you. Uh, but in my, my purpose personally, and I have a, as a, 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 just our team and Diane and our team, we want to make sure that we give the beauty industry the right business information that is 
industry wide with other industries and share it with the beauty industry so that we're strong, that we're not coming from a position of lower social economic growth and lower levels of education and understanding. Right. It's what I said in the last podcast. If you want to play chess, then let's learn how to play chess if that's what you want to do. Boom. Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Nick, thanks, man. Thanks for your time. I have a thank you. Thank you for uh, your time as well. And, and, you know, thank you very much to Statements Project because uh, it seems like you guys are, uh, you know, really trying to help us out. And we, we, we totally appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I mean, if every salon can recover some money from a price increase right now, I would say to do it. Hey, listen, if you don't want to raise your prices, then my, my, my advice to you would be don't. It's fine. Just know what it's costing you. That's all. Right. Run the numbers and just know and make the decision from a, from a numbers perspective, not on an emotional perspective. I love that. Nikki, thank you very much. And You're welcome, thank guys. You very much. And thank you guys for joining us on your day. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it <laughs> yeah totally forget about this message we also want to thank sarah and blaine from pretty gritty uh, sarah and blaine they are a band out of uh, portland oregon and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song pleased to meet you on our podcast um that's cool i think you can find actually you can you can find their music on um on iTunes. peace and hair grease <laughs>